We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got a lot going on in the NBA today. We've got the conference finals kicking off. Well, at least the Eastern Conference finals start today. We have the NBA draft lottery. We've got some news, some DeAndre Ayton news. Suddenly his future with the Suns looking very much in doubt. We'll discuss that. Plus a few other things, even a a transaction that went down today. I mean, something that was expected, but still something for (laughs) us to get into So we'll dive right into it. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me at Trevor underscore Lane over on Twitter. Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, uh, I guess we should start with the draft. The draft lottery is today. And I'll be totally honest. I didn't. I I had no idea. (laughs) I had no idea it was today. I didn't. I didn't even realize it. I have paid zero attention to it. Like, okay, as of a couple of days ago, I I didn't know it was today. Because there's nothing good that can come of the draft lottery today. The only possibility is more pain. And so I have paid zero attention to when the draft lottery is this year, which is in stark contrast to previous years where I've had lucky draft lottery socks that I've worn that day, all these different superstitions and things like that. This year, for some reason, I'm just not very interested in the draft lottery. (laughs) <laughs> For some reason, <laughs> I, I wonder what that reason could be. Um, you know, what's even like more like the like kind of just twisting the knife on Lakers fans, mm. even on the NBA's like official like thing that comes out. So, oh, so later, it's going to show the it, Lakers. Yeah. It, well, later in the lottery, it shows L.A. Clippers, but is denoted to OKC. The Lakers one just has a little note because there's still a very, very slight chance that it could go to Memphis mm-hmm. um, instead of the Pelicans. But it still just says Lakers with a footnote, mm-hmm. which is like, man, that is just just brutal. So my guess is they've probably had cards made up that says like, you know, Pelicans by sure. Lakers or you know whatever it is. But yeah, because it's an extremely slight chance that that it could convey the other way. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll get into that more in just a minute. Mm-hmm. I want to tell a quick quick uh, little story just because it made me think of it when you were talking about you know all this stuff uh, one of the, the guys are a big part of celtics twitter he was like it's weird i refreshed tankathon a million times today and i i never got the celtics with the top four pick and then that made me think of like man remember those years of being in the east finals and still having top lottery picks from <laughs> from the Nets trade oh the memories oh. of that but 
Yeah, so tonight it'll all go down. Um, what, what I thought we could do is just very quickly run through the order mm-hmm. of the team's pre-lottery and then talk a little bit about their odds um, to, to jump up into the top four or stay in the top four. Um, that's the important thing to remember now. It's the top four picks are decided by the lottery. Um, it's not just the top uh, you know, one, two, or three picks anymore, and the odds have flattened out. So number one team pre-lottery, Houston Rockets. Uh, Orlando Magic, number two. Detroit Pistons, number three. They all have the same odds for top four. Uh-huh. So 14% at number one, 13.4 for the number two pick, 12.75 for the number three pick, and then almost 12% for the number four pick. Each of those teams has a 52.14% chance of getting a top four pick. So even that said, that's just over 50% chance they're going to stick in the top four. Uh, if anybody jumps up, they would obviously bounce back, mm-hmm. unless it's them. Uh, right behind those teams, the last pick that gets decided by the lottery, the Oklahoma City Thunder, that's where the odds drop off, 12.5% chance at the number one overall pick. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, fifth, 10.5% chance at the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing with the Pacers, I don't know if you you saw this. Do you know the last time they picked inside the top 10? The Pacers, um, it's been a long time. 1989. Yeah, I was going to say, it's been like forever since they picked in the top 10. They never had a top 10 pick. Great shouts to the Pacers for consistently being a pretty good team. Um, And it's not even one of those where it's like they didn't pick in the top 10 because they traded away a pick the one year they were like seventh or something. They've just, they're they're never up that high. So we'll, we'll see, you know. Do the basketball gods, you know, smile upon them for, you know, kind of playing it out right, you know, for years and years. And they weren't even really full on tanking down the stretch either because they were still playing their guys most of the games. They were just bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Portland Trailblazers, uh, number nine, That that's the sixth team coming in. Sacramento Kings, number uh, seven. And then number eight, sorry, <laughs> got to do it. The Los Angeles Lakers, that pick will go to the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, most likely. The only way it doesn't go to the Pelicans is if that pick gets actually pushed back because several teams jump right. up. They would need three teams to jump up, and then that pick goes to um, the Memphis Grizzlies if it falls uh, 11th. So, later. like, so, so let's go. Let's go. Charlotte, New York, and Washington. Those three <laughs> Eastern Conference teams, please jump up. No, actually, it really doesn't. From the Lakers' perspective, right. it doesn't matter. Yeah. The pick's gone, no matter no matter what. Doesn't yeah. really matter yeah. that much. But yeah, you'd be you're kind of crying over exactly there. Uh, then the San Antonio Spurs, four point five percent chance at the top overall mm-hmm. pick. Washington Wizards, three percent. New York Knicks, two percent. L.A. Clippers, but that pick goes to the Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Thunder, no protections at all on that one, 1.5%. Charlotte Hornets, 1%. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers, the, those uh, pesky Cavs of the you know oh-so-much lottery luck over the years, uh, 0.5% chance of the top overall pick. So, uh, so here's my viewing advice for this, for anyone who watches this evening. Um, you want to, if you're Cleveland, Charlotte, OKC, you just don't want to see your, you your don't envelope hear come your out name. when it's yep. your time because that means you're, you've are you jumped into the top four. Uh, somewhere generally how this is usually goes is they'll do the uh, non-top four picks. We'll, we'll get those all in order. Then they'll do a, a lengthy commercial break. 
uh, they'll they'll come back and refresh us on all of this. The NBA, you know, no, the, only the NBA can draw out a uh, lottery drawing <laughs> show <laughs> to well, be a whole half hour show. We should note that too. 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN prior to uh, Celtics yeah, Heat game one um, in the Eastern. <laughs> um, so, but what you say, say? I didn't even know that either. I didn't, I didn't know yep, what it is. Yep. Um, let's. And you are out. I, Trevor's like this draft is full. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm paying. I know. I was on a radio show the other day, and they were asking me about the top three picks and all that stuff, and I'm like, I have no idea. I haven't paid any attention to the draft. I, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I know I have to really start on my draft. I've been saying that every day though, and I just don't. I, I keep not having the time to dive into it. It's now, going to listen, happen, though. My friend, it's not like you're watching watching uh, games and having a podcast about them after. So, I mean, come on now. You know, if, I, if I'm finding time to cram in a prospect or two here and there, you, you, you know, I expect you to have the top, let's say, two, three hundred players scouted by the time. The two to three hundred? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. We're going to NFL. No problem. I can I can get there. I yeah. can get there. Yeah, there'll only be fifty-eight guys drafted, but sure. No, no problem. I want you to know guys who are playing third tier tier teams in Easy. Europe and deciding to take a banking job. I instead. can I can get there. It's not like at the just to give you an idea. So at the minimum, we do five of these shows a week. And then <laughs> on top of that, I've got four Lakers Nation shows. So I've got two shows four days out of the week. Plus all the all the videos I do in between. I don't oh, do yeah. anything though. Most of the time I'm just kind of sitting sitting around not doing not doing much <laughs> of anything. Um, but I can tell you what's going to happen: the Celtics are winning the championship, and the Lakers pick 26 percent chance of going to the top four is going number one because it has been the worst Lakers season ever. So that is what is going to happen. That's the way this is going to play out. You can look back on this video, and I can say I told you so. <laughs> Because it has been, we have jumped into the bad place, and it has been torturous for Lakers fans this season. Man, that that would truly be like the worst like part of all of this. And <laughs> imagine then on like the hills of that, LeBron's like, you know what? I've I've decided to retire. <laughs> like I'm I'm done. <laughs> I, I I might retire if, if it goes that way. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, if if that all if that all comes down like that i'm gonna uh, I'll, I'll dig it out i have it it's, it's on my old laptop but i'll go get it i will tweet out the picture of kobe in the celtics gear at his celtics workout too just to just just to really really get kick you best player to ever put on that on that, that jersey <laughs> oh man sorry that was uh, now, one of my see, one of my lakers to- colleagues Put that out on Twitter at one point. Somebody that and funny. that was his response. And I thought that was that was pretty I like good. That. that is funny. Yeah. It's it's one of those ones where too it is uh it's one of those like, man, what you know, imagine what what could have been. Yeah. You know, if uh you know that's we'll do it. That'll be it. Let's do that as an off season uh-huh. show, like just what like, if? really get into like, you know, yeah, just that whole like stuff with Colby, like, you know, how he, you know, whether you believe it or not, engineered his way to to the Lakers and and all that stuff. I think it's pretty clear. It's pretty true now because they, they definitely scared uh, John Calipari uh-huh. out of um you know get, getting him Instead, to the Nets. Kerry Kittles. Kerry Kittles. Um, I do want to mention before we Kittles. move off the draft lottery that just for everybody who, who's yeah. watching it, um, Zach Lowe has done a bunch of pieces from inside the actual draft room and and all of that. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of behind the scenes stuff that we've heard to to further our understanding of how the process actually works. What you're seeing. Yeah in terms of what's being revealed on TV is not actually 
the draft lottery taking place. The draft no. lo- draft lottery yes. takes place behind closed doors. It happens like a half hour before, but the people who are in yeah. that room aren't allowed to leave. They have to surrender their cell phones. And everything. They don't have their yeah, phones. Yeah, they don't have phones, either. nothing. Yeah. They're locked in there, essentially. And, yeah. and so what you're seeing is really just revealing the results of that. The draft lottery mm-hmm. has actually already taken place. Everybody in that room already knows who got the number one pick. They just can't share it with everybody until it's actually gone out on uh, on television. So again, all, all you're mm-hmm. watching is the announcement of where the picks landed. You're not actually watching yeah. where the ping pong balls fell. Yeah, and they don't let the, them out of the room until it's actually complete mm-hmm. on TV because they don't want them like coming out and like tipping off you know anybody who's on the, the stage. The NBA has tweeted out to who's going to be on mm-hmm. stage, who's in the room, and all those things. And and for anybody who still says, because you know, no matter who gets the first pick, they're going to get a Fro- whole bunch of frozen rigged, envelope. And you all know, that, the yeah. NBA you know, wanted this. It would be virtually impossible for this to be rigged because here's the thing that that would have to happen is. In the wild, wild world where you could get every team on board that's in the in that room to agree, like, yeah, we're all in agreement. It should go to the Charlotte mm-hmm. Hornets, you know, for whatever reason that would be. That, you know, this let's live in that fantasy land for a minute. Then you also there's always at least one somewhere between one and three media members mm-hmm. in there who have who would love nothing more than to break the story that the yep. you know draft lottery is rigged, you know? So maybe back in the day, maybe there was a, you know, frozen envelope <laughs> or, you know, creased corners or something when it was the most ridiculous way of deciding it of just pull a random envelope out of a, you know, basket. But, you know, it's a, yeah, I this is not uh it's not like that anymore. It's there's, there's too, it'd be way too hard to get this many people on, um, on board with you know this kind of conspiracy the the problem is when you look back at nba history you can pinpoint those moments where you say if they were going to rig it it would have ended up just just like this this i mean like like derrick rose to chicago lebron going to to going to cleveland uh zion williamson landing in new orleans right after they lose anthony davis heck the lakers coming off of basketball reasons and and then they get what they keep their pick three years in a row keep getting the number two pick over and over and over like there's stuff yep. people could point to where they'll be like, that's kind of fishy. But sure. yeah. when you look at the process. Even Greg Oden, Kevin oh, Grant, uh, Portland and Seattle, yep. when it was like basketball in the Pacific Northwest is struggling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, you know, that's just, you know, people going to have fun mm-hmm. with that if they want to. But, you know, it's it's I tend to very much believe like there's no way anybody could could pull this off. Not in this day and yep. age, but, you know, especially the media members. That'd be the biggest story you'd ever break in your life. So, of course, you're you know, ready to do that. But all right, let's talk about actual. Uh, yes. Stuff. Yes. Let's on? move on from the draft lottery that I want nothing to do with. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's go. Uh, before we get it, we're going to break down the, the conference final series, but let's get into this DeAndre Ayton situation because this is, sure. again, I, I talked about this on Lakers Nation. You and I talked about this on front office. Before game seven, we would have said with fair, fair confidence that DeAndre Ayton would be back with the Suns, that they would simply, if he got mm-hmm. an offer from another team, they would just match it, and that's it. Yep. Now it feels like that that doesn't seem like the outcome that we're heading towards at all. In fact, it feels more like what we're going to see is probably a sign-in trade. That that feels kind of like where we're headed with this. We've seen some, you know, there was some stuff out today about, well, you know, the the Pacers and, and the Suns talked before the trade deadline about uh, a DeAndre Ayton deal. I think if, if the Suns just kind of say, okay, we're open to a sign-and-trade. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that'll be interested. Mm-hmm. But from the Aiton side, the understanding will be, hey, if we're going to do a sign-and-trade, 
I want that max offer. That's what he wanted last year. Didn't get it. Suns sure. weren't willing to go there. If they sign and trade him, you've got to find a team that's willing to give him that max offer and then is willing to give stuff to the Suns in exchange in a, in a sign and trade type deal. It'll be interesting to see if anybody just throws out a full max, like a you know the Spurs or someone like that throws out a full max offer and what mm-hmm. the Suns do in that scenario. But I think going in, the Suns will have a good idea of what's going to happen. And so I'm, I think the most likely outcome here is now a, a sign and trade that sends him somewhere else. In complete agreement, I think that's where it's going to go because I, I don't think the Suns have any desire to just let him leave mm-hmm. for nothing. So even if it's, let's just say, the Detroit Pistons, who project to have the most cap space, go all in on an offer sheet, I think Phoenix would match it, if for no other reason, to retain control of the yep. asset. Um, so what what I think is potentially likely here Different players, different situation. But remember when Malcolm Brogdon left the Bucks for the Pacers? Mm-hmm. He agreed to that deal with the Pacers. And then the, the Bucks said, Hey, we're not let's not mess around with an offer sheet. Let's make this a sign and trade and get this done. So we don't have to go through all the the, you know, jumping through all the offer sheet hoops of, you know, we're gonna make you wait and all this stuff. We'll make it a sign and trade, mutually beneficial for both. That's kind of how I now expect this to play mm-hmm. out. Um, for the uh the the Suns is it'll be all right, you pick your spot, and as long as something works, like it's not gonna be do it and we get back, you know, four crappy contracts for him or something. They're not going to do that. But yeah, but if they can get into a position to, you know, do that and then get it into a spot where it is going to be um, mutually beneficial and the Suns can can get back something there, I, I think they'll do it. Because I think, too, if you're the Suns, DeAndre Ayton is really, really good. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think the Suns are like, hey, we did all right with JaVale McGee. When he played sure. in his place, we did fine with Bismack Biombo when he played in his place. You know, do we have to really, you know, go this direction? And that's where I think it get, gets a, gets a little tricky on that one. Now, the cha- there's there's challenges with the sign and trade. There are there are things on uh, base year compensation um, issues that sure. could be a problem. There are things with um, hard caps for the team acquiring him that could be issues. But that's all stuff that could be worked around um, there. So yeah, it, it'll it'll be you know in a um, you know a situation where they can make this stuff happen and get it done. So I it might that's I'm with you. That was a very long way of saying. I think he is signed and traded away from the Phoenix Suns at some point this offseason. What's the best landing spot for him? And I know that's there's 30 different or 29 possibilities there. Yeah, that's a really good question. But what's what's the best? I, is it you know Portland? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What I want to do is answer that question. Can we table that and come back and answer it sure. tomorrow after we see the results of the oh, draft lottery? Point. Only because... There's the three bigs, uh-huh. right? You you have Chet Holmgren, Paulo Bancaro, and Jabari Smith. Um, Smith's not really a center, but you know we'll, we'll see how it goes with those teams. Because like, part of me wants to say the Spurs. Like, I think he could be a really good Spur. Maybe you build something that's based around Jakob Pertle going back the other way to the Suns. Um, so you know, and I feel like Aiden's you know right at that same time horizon age wise with Dejounte Murray and Keldon Johnson and all those good young guards that San Antonio has. Um, that that could make a lot of sense. But if they get the number one overall pick or even the number two, mm-hmm. are they more likely to say, "Well, forget it. Let's not even spend the money there. We'll just draft our you know center of the future and we'll move on that way." But yeah, let's let. Let's let's uh, put that in a in a box and we'll come back and open that up tomorrow after the lottery because I I I have some thoughts and I want to look at a couple things too. Okay, sounds like a one thing I do want to mm-hmm. say though uh, because you can bet on everything now. Yes. Um, bet online has odds on his next team if not Phoenix. So so let's just be clear: this is if he is not with the Suns at the start of the next season. Pistons one to one odds. Magic two to one odds. I don't see that one. Spurs three to one odds. Pacers four to one odds. Trailblazers six to one. Thunder eight to one. Rockets ten to one. And then this one's kind of interesting. Chicago Bulls twelve to one. Hmm. I could see where the the Bulls might might want to get in on that. But you know, sure. when yeah, like basically you're, they're assuming based on those odds that teams with cap space are going to be more likely to land him. Now maybe you can have cap space and say and use the threat of cap space as hey. We're going to give him a max offer. We're going to give him a fourth-year player option. We're going to do all kinds of stuff to make this contract be one that you don't want to deal with, Phoenix. So let's just negotiate so you don't have to deal with those hoops. Maybe that's the way this plays out. But I don't see it ultimately being a some team offers him four years, third-year or fourth-year player option, everything they can do to try to make life difficult sure. on, on yep. Phoenix. They pull it, you know, throw everything at him. I still don't see the sun saying, oh, well, we're just going to refuse to match and see you later. We'll let no. him go for nothing. Yeah. So when no. I look at those odds, I still lean towards it's going to be a, a sign and trade. Maybe the threat of, of the cap space kind of helps push it that to get that done, though. Yeah, I did. But yeah, I mean, it's he's too good to let yeah. just walk, even with whatever issues they have going on. Uh, OK, very simple bookkeeping thing here. Derek Favors picked up his his player option with the Oklahoma yep. City Thunder. Fully expected. Uh, we all knew he was going to pick that up. He could wind up on the trade market. We'll we'll see. I think he's a, a movable, you know, expiring contract. But what was it about about ten sure. million off the top of my head? I don't have in front of me. Ten point two million. Well done. All right, there we go. I might not have the draft picks, but I got I got something here. Uh, so Derek <laughs> Favors picks up that that player option again. Totally expected. What we all assumed was going to happen, but now it's just official. 
Yeah, and so a couple things with this. I made the joke the other day that, uh, you know, after seeing what happened with Al Horford, our team's going to be burning up Sam Presti's phone saying, uh, hey, what's going on with Derek Favors after you shelved him for half the season? You know, what do we think? If we going trade on for there? him, does he suddenly um, become 25 again also? Is that how exactly. that works? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and then pretty soon everybody's gonna, every veteran on a uh, one or two year deal is going to be like, hey, I'll go to OKC for a year, <laughs> you know, and hang out. Um, but, the, the bigger thing of importance, because you're absolutely right, this was 100% expected to happen. Um, and, and, uh, as I'm very fond of saying, expected to happen, and now it's done. Um, this is a reason, a reason, why the Thunder aren't going to have cap space yep. th this summer. I know that seems really super weird to say, because this is a team that is still sitting on but somewhere, you know, if they renounced free agents, somewhere between 22 and $32 million in cap space right now. But next year, they're going to be an over-the-cap team. And here's here's the main reasons why. Favors at $10.2 No, not alone, but that's a big number. It's actually the, the only the second double-digit contract on the Thunder's books next season. The other one is Shea Gilgis-Alexander's extension uh -huh. kicks in at what's projected now at $30.5 million. But they have $27.4 in dead money on the books from Kemba Walker um, because of that buyout that's that they lot. did. They did not stretch any of that money or anything. So that's on the books. And then you've got you know, a couple high picks like Josh Giddy, you know, 6.3. They've just got a whole bunch of guys after that. So, you know, but you add those together, that's a big chunk of why this team is very, very, very likely to be over the cap. But that 22 to 32 million I referenced a couple minutes ago, that can still be used all the way through uh -huh. the draft. And I expect we are going to see the Thunder get involved with, because now they can go up to 20 players on their roster too. I'm expecting we're going to see them get involved with eating a, a deal or two at the draft from some team, take some more money on the next year, since, since you're already going to be over the cap anyway, might as well take some money on mm -hmm. the next year's books too and just move on that way. So look for them to be extremely active at the draft um, in ways they weren't necessarily active at the trade deadline as far as eating a contract. Someone put Skylar Gray on standby. <laughs> just, they don't have that just much room. just just I'm saying right. just saying no i actually i don't i don't Imagine. think that's, that's well here's what's the other thing happen, that's but. difficult with that too that would involve uh he would have been obviously speaking well, correct Russell westbrook um he would have to opt in because he's not trade eligible yeah. right now at the he's moment. got until i think the 29th to decide whether or not he's going to opt yep. in and so right. if he yep. june 20 yeah if he wants to make a mess of things he can do that and and wait to sure. to opt in uh yeah. until last minute if he yep. if he chooses yep. Imagine that, though, like, that would be, I mean, you could almost kind of get there, you know, favors and throw, I don't know, Mike Muscala mm -hmm. back and then the Caps. I mean, you're almost there. You, you you could get there, you know, with relative ease, you know, and that, that would be very interesting to see, you know, um, if that's the, the way that went. And then, I don't know, maybe he just goes back there and then they, they go the walk around and just buy him out. What? Say hey, we'll we'll eat the money because we're not doing anything with cap space anyway next I year. I mean, but it, it, that would cost both first round picks for sure for the Lakers to pull. And that's where and that's where I've said, nope, not not doing that. Um, from yeah. from the Lakers, yeah. I think that's a pretty high high price to pay. Um, but in any event, not what I expect to happen. Just interesting. The, the OKC's got got some cap space, mm -hmm. and you know, and yeah, who knows? Yeah, they're going to be involved in doing mm -hmm. something. They're they're gonna they're. 
as they should. Yeah, they'll they'll be. I mean, you'll be busy anyway because they got three first round mm-hmm. picks, but they'll be you know really busy, uh, you know, in other ways around the draft because we're we're you know that that's that twenty to thirty million has a clock on it, and that clock's about a month and a half away because once we roll to Ju- July first, it's gone. That that's gone. Now we're in the new league year, and it's it's, it's gone fully. So. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> Only us can turn Derek Favors doing a minor piece of bookkeeping into a 15-minute <laughs> into, into Russell Westbrook <laughs> back to, to OKC. And, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. But you know what? I mean, I'll, I'll say this. At least Derek Favors didn't – oh, my gosh, why is the name escaping me? The, who's the guy for the Heat that didn't pick up – his agent didn't pick up the player option in time, um, didn't submit the paperwork? It was um, – Oh, um it's a guard. Yeah, geez. Um, gosh, I referenced this the other day too. Anthony Carter. Was it Dion? Oh yeah, Anthony yep. Carter. Yeah. Yep. I was saying for some reason I wanted to say Dion Waiters, and I was like, that's not right. It's not. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Dion Waiters, but yeah. Um, okay, but let's move on to the, the Hornets. Uh, Darvin Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was a deep hole. You went way back. <laughs> I had to. One. had to. Uh, Darvin Ham is a serious candidate to get the Hornets coaching job, which is, I mean, great for Darvin Ham. I think it would be a good yep. fit for him. He's also in the running for, for the Lakers job, along with like a dozen other people. Uh, and the Hornets also interviewed Terry Stotts as well. So right now, it's the Lakers and the Hornets. Those are the two jobs open now that the Kings job has been filled by by Mike Brown. Um, so those two jobs, all the, the major coaching candidates are going to get interviews. We talked the other day about Frank Vogel interviewing mm-hmm. with the Hornets, Mike D'Antoni, being a candidate as well and how much fun that would be, whether or not that's good for the, the Hornets. Um, so interesting that they're looking at, at these different candidates. If it's me, I probably prefer Darvin Ham if I'm if I'm the Hornets, but uh, but we'll see ultimately which direction they go. I wonder if they want to do this before the Lakers settle on anybody. If that's if that is any kind of a thought in the in the Hornets process here. Yeah, it, we're starting to see a lot of crossover mm-hmm. in candidates here and that's part of your worry if you slow play the process now that doesn't mean you should rush it you 100 percent should no. not you guys still got to do things the right way because getting the right person is more important than getting somebody For quickly sure. but if you're let's just say you're the lakers because they interviewed darvin ham too i mm-hmm. believe or were always on the list to be interviewed by them if you really want him now you may have to go get him Right. Versus just, well, we'll see what happens with Quinn Snyder and Doc Rivers and all that stuff and anything else that's kind of out there around that. So I think it is very um, something it's very important that you you have to start narrowing your your list here and really deciding where do we want to go. Um, I think Dar- Darvin Ham's going to be a great head coach mm-hmm. um, in this league. I just ha- have a feel I I have. Um, through talking to a lot of people and just seeing the way he interacts with folks, I have kind of Ime Udoka vibes from him. Of, yeah. You know, former player, 
but was a guy, he was a role player, an end of the bench kind of guy who had to fight to, to be, you know, keep his playing career going and then really turned into, you know, uh, you know, a pretty good assistant coach who's been highly thought of. He's kind of just like Udoka been through the process now a few times and, mm-hmm. you know, hasn't landed his, his spot, but, but I get that feeling. I, I do wonder, are the Lakers the place for him? Because whoever it is has to come in with the immediate of LeBron, AD, at a minimum. I mean, we're down to only a handful of guys who may be back from last year's team. But yep. those two at a minimum, you have to have their full respect and backing or it's just not going to work. Right. And I'm not saying they wouldn't back Darvin Ham, but you have to make sure you have that coming in and they're going to want somebody who's a little more of a known quantity at this point in their careers and with what they're looking to accomplish. Um, I would say there was that thought with the Celtics of you can't go with a first time head coach because, you know, this team's already been close to getting over the hump and you need somebody who comes in and knows what, what they're doing. And they went with the first time head coach. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I clearly have biases, but I don't think it's a bias to say it's worked out quite well. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, of course. Um, it, it's been great. And, that, and that's part of the reason why when I've been looking at things from you know the Lakers side of things and saying, you know what, like I get the pressure and all that of, of being with the Lakers. I get the LeBron thing and AD mm-hmm. and, and all of that. I don't think they should dismiss anyone just because nope. they don't great. have head coaching experience. I think we've seen so many times where even guys where maybe it took a year or two for a first time head coach, but they still had a decent amount of success early on. You have to consider that, especially because a lot of these guys have gone to teams that weren't necessarily ready to win and then mm-hmm. have developed reputations as, as have grown with their teams. And again, that's not the situation the Lakers are in right now. Yep. But still, we've seen first-time head coaches be successful. The NBA, if you look at over the last 10 years, the NBA has changed a ton, the, the way basketball is played. And so I think that pushes more. Like, if basketball had stayed stagnant, if we were still playing the same style of basketball that we did back in, say, 2000, Right now, well, then I think the, the I don't really like the word, but the retread coaches, the guys who have been around forever, I think would have that much more of a leg up. But given how much change we've seen in the game, it makes all the more sense to go with the guys that might not have as much experience because how valuable is that experience mm-hmm. when it's coming in an NBA that frankly doesn't exist anymore? So. Yeah. I'm I'm very much open to a first-time head coach, whether I'm the Hornets or, or the Lakers. Sure. I, I'm not turning those guys down just because they don't have experience. And it's not like a guy like Darvin Ham retired yesterday or is kind of away from the game. I mean, he's been an assistant coach for years now and has been you know a, a well thought of assistant coach too so you're it's not it's not like you're coming completely out of left field uh-huh. with, with this hire right you're you're really getting someone into the you know um you, you, how do i say this you're you're getting someone who's been around and has kind of paid his dues and done the things he needed to do to get to this point so yeah i, I think he'd be a great hire it's it's again you just you don't I'm not expecting there to be like another three jobs that open or anything. Mm-hmm. Cause I think we're kind of down to it. So, but when you start to have all this crossover between candidates, don't lose your guy because you're, you know, playing games, hoping someone comes available. That probably isn't just, you know, if, if you, if you like somebody else, go, go, go get it done and get, get that job. And I, I mean, I can, you know, not trying to be funny or anything, yeah, I'd pick the Lakers over the Hornets too. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, you know, if I if I if I was presented with all things being equal, yeah, I'd pick the Lakers without any question at all. Uh Terry Stotts, would he, I mean, he's known as an offensive mind. Mm-hmm. Would he be kind of 
hedging between Mike D'Antoni and more of a defensive coach. I mean, yeah, I think so. It's an interesting fit there to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that one's one that could make a lot Mm -hmm. of sense there because you're, yeah, you're not going so far one direction. It's in order though, for them to be even competitive defensively, it's not no coach in the world is going to save that. I don't care if it's the best defensive coach of all time. You, you, you're, you need to fix the personnel. Um, they just don't have defenders on the roster. And that's, you know, that's going to be something that's going to take probably two years, at least a full two, you know, cycles yeah. through, you know, off season trade deadline draft through all that stuff. It's probably two years to really start to reverse that, but you got to kind of get started on that process at some point here. If you're, if you're the Hornets. All right. Shall we talk conference finals? Let's all do right. it. Let's, let's start off with one that's tonight. And so that is, is the Celtics and the heat. I'm expecting like an old school, Style, not super old school, but Eastern Conference battle, like defense, grit and grind, all that, all that kind of stuff. And these are two very good defensive teams. That's what they hang their hat on. I'm not expecting a fast-paced game. I'm not expecting high-scoring totals. I'm expecting this to be a, a battle here. This is going to be, I think, I think we're going to see scores in the in the 90s, and uh, I mean maybe low hundreds. And I think we're going to see these two teams really get after each other. And I can't wait to see what this ultimately looks like. I know you've got a lot of thoughts on it, but to me, this is an interesting series, And it, but it's not going to be necessarily an offensive series. I think this one's going to be about the defense, kind of the mm-hmm. clash of two defensive juggernauts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are these are arguably the two best defensive teams in the league. Uh, I don't think there's any question when you combine regular season and playoffs, um, they've been there. And and I do think that is going to be the way this series goes. There's going to be a game where somebody's going to score 120 points just because that's what sure. happens in the course of a series. It'll be someone will get super hot from mm-hmm. three. It'll be a blowout and that'll be how it'll go down. But I think more often than not yeah this might be a first to 100 wins kind of series because i think these two teams are not only are they good defenses they're good defenses for each other on um, the way they play they're, they're versatile they can switch they can play a lot of different stuff um I 100% believe Eric Spolster is going to have something that he's going to go to. It might be midway through the second quarter of game three before he breaks it out, but there's going to be something at some point that the Celtics have not seen. And that's going to be, you know, maybe the difference in this, uh, you know, um, you know, series for the heat side. I, I, I think overall, and I'll kind of, I know we'll do picks at the end, but I'll step on my pick here because it's already out there a number of places. But I picked Celtics to win in six. And my biggest reason why is I think Miami plays in almost all lineups one player you can isolate and attack, um, whether that's Max Struess. He's a good defender, but he's not great. Um, you know, and especially if you, if they get them on Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. it could be trouble. Um, but it could be Tyler hero. If Duncan Robinson shows up in this series, Gabe Vincent, just from standpoint of his size at the point guard position. And he's not Kyle Lowry. Oh, we should mention that Kyle Lowry is out for at least yep. game one. Um, if not beyond, um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But the, the Celtics don't do that. They don't play guys that you can attack. People go to Peyton Pritchard, 
but the Celtics are so good about getting him out of mismatches um, and making sure he's in a position where what he has to do is defend on the perimeter on ball where he's fine and his height doesn't work against him. Um, so that's, I think, the difference. I think Boston will be able to score just enough easier than Miami throughout the course of this series, and that'll get them the win in six. So when I'm looking at the series, and I, I was just digging into some of the stats here, the Miami Heat are playing at the 12th fastest pace so pretty low in, in the NBA playoffs right now. Uh, surprisingly, the Mavs are actually pretty low in, in pace as well. But they're, they're not a team that's going to run the ball up and down the floor. The Celtics are seven, so that, that's you know a bit quicker. I think that some of that is from transition play, though, getting steals, turnovers, things like that. I think that you're going to see there's, there's a lot of pressure put on, like you said, that other defender in, in Miami, whether it's Max Struess or whoever it is, I think there is going to be some sort of surprise. I wonder how big of a factor Spolstra versus Ime Odoka is going to be. That's one of my big question marks going into this series. I think Ime Odoka is absolutely fantastic, but I think Eric Spolstra might be the best coach in the NBA. So that, I think, is going to... That's going to show up at some point in this series. Will it matter enough to change the outcome? I'm not sure, but I think that's going to be a factor at some point in this series. And again, I don't think Emi Odoka is a, is a bad coach. I think he's a very good coach. But Spolster, sure. I think, has we got to give him the edge there. Um, look, look, sorry, let me jump in yeah. there real quick just because I wrote this for Celtics blog in my series preview. This is the biggest advantage the uh-huh. Heat have is, you know, I think Eric Spolster is the best coach in the league. And I think we're getting close to he's moving way up the all time best coach lists like he he is unbelievable and my biggest thing is with this is you don't go through years now of they they have and no it gets referred to as heat mm-hmm. culture and all that that i think is propaganda nonsense but i think what they have is it's more of an nfl thing but i think they do it in the the nba better than anybody else next man up yep all right kyle lowry's out gabe vincent you're gonna plug in there Tyler here, you're going to do some backup ball handling. Let's go. Just we we just move. We go to the next next thing, and we just go. We don't worry about who's out. We just play and do that. And the the way they develop players and put them in position just better than anybody else. So sorry, I just had to jump. No, you're that. you're fine with that. I, I I agree. I think one of the other things that I'm going to be looking at in this series, though, like tonight, Miami is favored. They're at home. They've had more rest. But when I look mm-hmm. at last series, which team played a series that has them more prepared for this series? I think it's the Celtics. I think I think yeah. the Heat, and I'm not saying they can't do this, but in terms of acclimating to the intensity of this series compared to the previous series, the Heat have the bigger gap there. Because you played a injured Joel Embiid and a pretty lethargic version of James Harden it last run. That's putting it last run. Yeah, yeah, right. And and so with that being the case, I think compared to the attention to detail that you've got to have, the degree of locked inedness, I'm making up words now, that you have that you had to have to, to go at Giannis, I think that translates better to this series. Now, again, that's not me saying that that the Heat don't have an advantage with more rest or any of that kind of stuff. Just I think it's a, it's a bigger jump up. For, for Miami, and so I think that's going to matter as well. I've got, I want to say, like, I agree with you with Celtics, and I think if the Celtics are going to win it, it's going to be in six. I know they just won a game seven, but that was at, at home. 
I'm going to go with my head says Celtics and six as well, but just to say something different and make my own hopes and dreams maybe come true here. I'm, I'm going to say Miami and seven. Um, but again, if I was like putting money on it, I would probably go, go Celtics and in, in six as well. I think that ultimately they've got more scoring weapons than Miami does. And in a defensive struggle, sometimes having that one extra guy that you can give the ball to when everything breaks down and say, here, go get us a bucket, that can be the difference. And so that's why I look at like Jalen Brown. I think that's going to be the difference in the series ultimately. Yeah, and that that's exactly it. I think it's just that ability to find offense that much easier is going to be good. And it's people keep going back to, well, people said this in 2020. This is not the same Celtics. You they don't have Kemba Walker, who they have to hide on defense. They 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 don't have Daniel Tice as the only big man trying to stop Bam Adebayo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very different team. And most importantly, more important than any of that other stuff, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are very much now comfortable with this is our team. We run things at the end of the game and we we play. Uh I'll give you one more key mm-hmm. to watch turnovers. Yes. Um both of these teams have had trouble all year when they turn it over. The only time Miami has really struggled in games is if they they're giving the ball up. And that might be where not having Kyle Lowry really hurts them because you know, he's just terrifying when you know this is the, you know, the the guy who is going to come, 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 come and make it difficult on you all night. All right. Agreed. Let's move on. Let's talk about the West. All right. Let's the do it. Dallas. Uh, oh, I was going to say the, the Mavs against the Warriors. Not not what we expected, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoenix, the, the yeah. best team in the NBA over the course of the regular season. Found their way out of the playoffs, and so now we have the Mavs and the Warriors. This is going to be an interesting series. Uh, as much as people want to kind of dumb it down to Luka versus Steph, Clay, and Draymond, I think that the Mavs role players in this are going to be extremely important. Reggie Bullock, Bullock, sorry, <laughs> Dorian <laughs> Finney-Smith, can these guys bring you consistent defense? Can they stay out of foul trouble? And can they hit the three at a respectable rate in this series? I think that's going to be extremely important for the Mavs' ability to keep pace with the Warriors. I don't want to, you know, lean too much in here and uh, and reveal my pick just yet. But the Warriors, I think, have to come into this series as the favorite. But I'm not going to count out the Mavs because of how good they've been defensively under Jason Kidd. That gives you a puncher's chance here. Yeah, completely agree. I, I think what it it's insulting to make it Luca versus the Warriors yeah. um, to the rest of those Mavs. And I won't, you know, just you know, regurgitate what you just said. Um, but I do think it is that what's been kind of sticking in the back of my head is we're already hearing a lot of how Luca is the best player in this series and Luca, 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 Luca. And I just imagine Steph Curry is sitting there saying, okay, yeah. there's going to be a game or two where he's going to remind everybody, Hey, I'm pretty good. Still, yeah. you know, let's let's not forget. Um, I think the difference in this will be where the Suns just they they just couldn't get off and once the the Maverick said cut the head off the snake and we're gonna take Chris Paul away and then the Suns just went they they just fell apart. Yeah, you know they did get one more win after those first two games, but that was a game where Dallas couldn't hit any shots. And the Mavericks very early on said, all right, you got this one. We're going to live to fight another day. Yeah. 
they they very much you know bailed out on that. So I think what we're seeing now is it is going to be a full on battle um, here where it's going to be can the Mav, who do the Mavs try to take away? It yeah it starts with Steph, but you got Clay, you got Jordan Poole, you got Draymond, you even have Andrew Wiggins at times can do his thing. It's just going to be that much harder, and I think that's going to ultimately be what makes the difference in this series. I'll give my pick now. I'm picking Warriors in seven. And that's with a healthy dose of respect for Luka and the Mavericks defense, Um, because I think the Mavs defense is that good. Um, I think they play really well. Um, But this could be one where I could see this. It's Warriors are up 3-0, and we're like, yeah, Luka just ran out of steam, and he doesn't have anything left. And then this thing's over early. But I do think, you know, I I don't think they're – even if they lose these first two in San Francisco, okay, no big deal. We did it last series. We're just going to go home. Well, we'll get it done. Uh, you know, losing game to game to Utah, whatever. No big deal. We just go home and get it done. So I think this Mavs team, they're, they're tough. They're, they're you know, uh, well, what is it? Bat- battle tested. Mm-hmm. You know, they're ready to go. But but I am going to pick Warriors in seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm even going to go Warriors in six in this one. Um, I just think that they're, I think they're better equipped to deal with what the Mavs throw at them. I think they're, they're very good defensively themselves, particularly when they when they really lock in. I'm interested to see what Andrew Wiggins defending Luka looks like. Of course, Luka, it's a team defense. It's not just one player, but I think he'll be the primary defender. Then you have Clay to put over onto him as well, who isn't the defender that he used to be, but still, uh, you can even get Draymond on him on him as well. I think that they can throw a lot of different looks at him. And then the question becomes, what can Jalen Brunson do? Can he really get going? But then when you look at the other side and you say, well, Jalen Brunson can really get going as the secondary guy. And then you look at the Warriors and you go, oh, Man, not, Clay could Clay could go for 35 tonight. Oh, and there's this guy named Jordan Poole who can come in and, and he can drop 30 on it on any yep. given night. I, I just think there's too many options there to try to shut down, even for a good Mavs defense. And ultimately, that's going to carry the Warriors all the way through to the finals. Um, again, though, I think this is going to be another battle. I, I think that the, the Mavs are better than people are giving them credit for. And it's we're going to wind up with a close series. That's what I'm hoping for. I don't want to see a bunch of blowouts again. No, yeah, um, absolutely not. But I do think the Warriors wind up wind up taking this. Yep, completely agree. Yeah, I think you know I think we're in for two hard fought, competitive, hopefully very entertaining uh, conference finals here. And we're we're down to you know you you know what I do. I start counting games. We're down to 21 games Mm -hmm. left in the season for a maximum. I want as many of them as we can get. Speaking of which, we will be on um, on playback tomorrow night yeah. to do game one of Mavs versus uh, versus Warriors. So make sure you use the link in the description down below and you come join us over there on playback. We'll be doing the live play-by-play. We'll be talking basketball with you guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. So come join us over there. Again, I'm going to put the link in the description over on YouTube. So come join us for that. Keith, I, I can't wait. I know you're excited for the draft lottery tonight and uh, and Celtics versus Heat, which are going to be great. But, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to get to do more play-by-play with you. Yeah, no, man. It's, it, we had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a blast. So, oh, yeah, I'm super excited for that, too. All right. Well, I think that wraps things up for today. Covered a lot of stuff. Went in, in depth into a lot of things. Hopefully everybody enjoys Miami versus Boston tonight. Maybe you'll join me in just kind of not paying attention, putting my fingers <laughs> in my ears and saying la, 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 la during, <laughs> during the draft lottery. I'm going to try to bury my head in the sand during that moment. But other, other than that, I'm looking forward to the, a fun night in the NBA. Make sure you do subscribe right here 
to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to follow us over on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star rating and review as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.